Welcome to the One Last Sketch Podcast, a show dedicated to science fiction and fantasy and how that touches on history, technology, philosophy, whatever we decide to talk about that day. I haven't posted an episode this year. I haven't posted anything on my blog this year, but because I watched Raya and the Last Dragon and I told my co-host Marie about it, she suddenly said, we need to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, as a loyal listener to the podcast will know, if it has a dragon on it, I am interested. <laughs> but uh, I am, in this case, probably more enraged. If we're doing the unique um, review process, always innovating on this podcast, of um, Michael's watched it and I haven't. <laughs> I'm going on biases and we'll see what kind of a review, review, <laughs> stew, that gets us. <laughs> This will be a short episode. I'm not giving it an official number. I think the closest we'll get is like 45 and a half, maybe. And I mean, we have done this at least twice Mm -hmm. where we have not watched the same thing or read the same thing or only one person has experienced the media that we're talking about. And typically we try to connect that to other stuff. But the thing about Raya and the Last Dragon is, I don't know, I could think about this movie for two years and not really have much to say about it, which is part of the problem. And I plan to never watch it. So, you know, (laughs) no time like the present. Yeah, there has been a lot of talk about this movie online, which I mostly ignored. I saw the trailer. So when the trailer came out, everyone was super excited because it is an excellent trailer. Mm Mm-hmm. Then the movie came out. It has its fierce defenders. Then there's me, where I did watch it. I thought the animation was great. Water effects, Mm -hmm. landscapes, a lot of the design work that went into this. All excellent. Fight choreography, very nicely done. I actually understand. Yes. I've seen some corridor crew (laughs) review clips of that. Looks, Looks fabulous smooth animation the way the skin tones i think the only criticism i would have for the animation is sometimes i wondered why is this an animated movie if you're going to render things to that degree of realism in terms of backgrounds and character designs really it's only the characters faces that have still that kind of stylization to them for the majority of the characters some of them some of the characters are hugely exaggerated Mm -hmm. but Some of them just look like people. It's just the faces that are different. So in certain shots, it could have been set up in live action and you wouldn't really be able to tell the difference. So that struck me as maybe not using computer animation to its full potential. You're saying it's no Into the Spider-Verse where by dint of animating it, they created a wonderful, beautiful, like narrative storytelling style that really like cannot be expressed in words has to be seen and you understand why they did that yeah there's very little comparison between how animation is used in that movie 
and in this one like in a traditionally animated hand-drawn film i think by dint of people are working on it and drawing each panel that kind of naturally just happens and also because the production process is so expensive yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you end up trying to maximize how much you can get out of it with every frame Mm-hmm. In this, there were a lot of shots that felt like they were composed and made to look like live action shots. But again, overall, technical quality is through the roof. This is yeah. the best looking thing in computer animation Disney has ever put out. Production guys, <laughs> all those people who worked really hard and are very artistic, we love you. You did a great job. Like I, I've only seen like some clips. I, I yeah, no, it looks it looks fabulous like yes yeah. so that we're front loading this podcast with this is all the good yeah. stuff yeah. in it yeah and then there's the movie <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is not a bad movie no um no it's not terrible the plot is such that there's an introductory section that starts it off so there's the voiceover that every fantasy movie has at the beginning these days this one in particular uh kind of made me laugh because it's like the five nations lived in harmony and then the drone came <laughs> which is and- exactly the kind of animated sequence that started off every episode of avatar the last airbender yeah. but while people have been drawing a lot of comparisons between that show and this that's basically where it ends <laughs> Yeah, it's just very on the nose at the beginning with that particular line. Yeah, but yes, there's a bunch of nations. They were one big kingdom before. Then these beasts called the Drune came that turned people to stone. They're like a misty, uh, almost Lovecraftian creature. I heard it's got, got a glowing <laughs> light in the middle. I heard one YouTube reviewer. So I've watched one YouTube review of this, and honestly, that's about it. That's end the trailer. And then I was, and then some like um, bits where people reviewed the fight choreography, and that's all my experience of. Is it Raya? Did they say Raya in the movie? Yes, they say Raya, Raya and that's, the Last Dragon. That is all my experience of Raya is um uh, is that. But the one YouTuber I reviewed said, yeah. So then you know, there's this opening at the beginning, and then the creatures from Final Fantasy, the spirits within, arrive. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I bet you weren't expecting that reference <laughs> at this point. And it's kind of made me go, that almost makes me want to watch Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, and nothing has ever really made me want to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. I have not watched that movie, though coincidentally I am playing through Final Fantasy VI right now. <laughs> I don't think they are related particularly. <laughs> But anyway, the drone come, turn people to stone, the dragons fight the drone, so all the dragons get turned to stone, and there's one left, and uh, fantasy BS happens, so like, Mm -hmm. their essences get put into a stone, and that entraps the drone, so people are protected, but because there's no dragons after that, they split up into their kingdoms and then we fast forward to another flashback because (laughs) (laughs) the movie actually begins in the present in medias res where she's like this is what the world is like now and it's all my fault and it's like this post-apocalyptic mad max kind of environment it's actually invoking that quite heavily 
<laughs> at that point in the film. And then we find out when she was a kid, she was supposed to be the guardian of the stone. And through various circumstances, the stone got broken, the Droon came back, and it's many years later, and she's trying to fix what happened there. Uh, Part of what incited all this incident was there was another person from another kingdom who came, who's her age, who's named Namari, who is the principal antagonist of this movie namari is the one where there's some kind of emotional and narrative connection with her while the drune are not very interesting villains being that all they do is consume people and turn them into stone yeah well they're, they're like forces of nature they're not really like so the rest of the movie is mainly about the conflict between raya and namari because namari discovers well i said namari already i'm getting confused raya <laughs> Through Namari, because Namari gave her this information unintentionally, as far as I can tell. Raya finds out where the last dragon is, uh, uncovers her. Her name is Sisu. And the rest of the movie unwinds from there. Raya's primary motivation is she wants to bring her dad back because he got turned into stone. And then she learns, you know, bringing back other people is good too. And his dream of uniting the kingdoms is good too. General Disney wholesome theme elements that you find in most of their modern animated movies. So that's the movie. How is this executed? Um, In terms of structure, this should be fine. My main problem is a lot of the dialogue in this movie is excruciating. Yeah. Because you can talk about excruciating dialogue at any point. But I, as like a forensic pathologist on this film, having not actually seen it, but now uncovering the carcass, as it were. It's actually, I'm sure it's a perfectly reasonable. Like, it's like, if it was on TV, I'm sure I'd watch it. It'd be fine. But um, when is anything ever on TV these days? No one has TV that way so much anymore. Anyway, is the dragon in this. This is, this is why I didn't. I couldn't. Because I was like, to me, this dragon is not... I am a Western dragon tradition person, and obviously this is set in an Eastern thing, which is fine. But I think even for that, this dragon seemed very fuzzy. <laughs> and I was like, but even like an Eastern dragon, <laughs> is it fuzzy? And I understand the dragon is kind of an airhead character. Yes. I'm not going to criticize the design of the dragon because... Dragon looks like... uh, The dragon, Sisu, looks like a new kind of Sully version and honestly is really gorgeous looking. So that's fine. I just sort of one... I just just feel like it doesn't look like it fits in the world a little bit. And maybe that's what they wanted, like an ethereal otherworldly thing because it's the last one now. Um... I mean, of the limited screenshots I've seen of this movie, I suppose, of whether or not it actually fits in the world. Um, it, it Design-wise, it does look a bit out of place. I mean, if I'm uncharitable, it's kind of like deviant art intrudes onto the movie in those sections. It's a little, the, the face is a little bit like My Little Pony in my yes. mind. And it's kind of, yes. there's nothing wrong with My Little Pony. I understand the new show is great. I enjoyed the old version of it back in the day. Had the dolls, whatever. It's fine. It, it just, it seems a little weird when everything else is so, like, realistic, as you said. And we have, like, combat going on. And then we have, 
it's sort of like the um, effect that there is in a lot of Disney films where there is like this kind of random sidekick character. But it's weird that the random sidekick character is the all-powerful dragon that friggin' trapped the Droon at some point. But I guess maybe did that by accident or doesn't remember or something. I'm not clear on how that happened. How did that happen, Michael? <laughs> it was bestowed on her by the other dragons and she does not know why they chose her. Uh. All of the other dragons have, well, all of the dragons have a particular power that is associated with them, and those got channeled into the stone, so every time they get another piece of this gem, she gets that power, and she'll go, that was my whatever the name of her companion before was power. Mm. So she'll recognize from the power who it was Mm. that she's getting the new level up Pokemon ability that Mm -hmm. she gets throughout the course of the film. But yes, you raise a good point. Olaf, the snowman from Frozen and it's a Jar Jar Binks in Disney movies. (laughs) There's just this element that doesn't really fit and is the comic relief, but in Raya they chose to center that as also the entire focus of the narrative Mm -hmm. and if anybody is asking yes she is written to be extremely annoying Mm -hmm. i would argue that a lot of the characters are written to be irritating oh so we're back (laughs) yes We're... we're back to excruciating dialogue you set up this beautiful world you set up a background you make everything self consistent and then they're making modern pop culture references and idioms and memes oh, that, that won't age like the past year on the internet and every time they say these things it just took me right out of the movie because it did not feel like of a like you said the dragon does not feel of a piece with the rest of the environments that are in here mm-hmm. the dialogue does not feel like it belongs in this setting like the dragon almost like when i first saw it made me think more of like the last unicorn and that that would be like kind of the right kind of drawing style for it or the setting for it but it sounds like i mean it sounds like sort of like what hercules did and why hercules is kind of like a a a random disney movie mess of a movie (laughs) Yeah, and it just doesn't, I mean, narratively issues, but also, like, just a lot of, like, pop culture things that don't, won't read later on. Um, Whereas it maybe is something that's, like, a more classic story, like Snow White, in the sense that it wasn't really referencing anything of the time in which it was made, other than, I don't know, paternalism. (laughs) It's going to, like, maybe still be, like, readable later on in, in a easier, easier way. But like, yeah, that the Olaf effect, it's like the gargoyles have it. Mushu is that as well, in a way, in um, the first Mulan film. Um, yeah, And it's sure. the genie, in a sense, actually. The genie in Aladdin is like, also doesn't fit in the in the surroundings because, I mean, he's blue, he's big. I, I, but I sort of feel like he's much more supernatural in a way. And there's just something about dragons and needing to be part of their environment. And I think also that... I feel like dragons in the Eastern tradition are, might be wiser than this. And I'm just like, there's something really like, it rubs me kind of wrong about it. Whereas you can have like dragons that are sarcastic, like um, in Dragonheart, also notoriously not a very good movie, but one that I love nevertheless. <laughs> um, 
dragon, highly sarcastic, works fine because it's Sean Connery, uh, and there's you know stuff stuff that goes on within the plot that kind of motivates it. And he's not meant to be anything more powerful. There's just something kind of strange about this, and it's getting back to this kind of like latest trend: the accusations lit that were leveled at like the Mulan film, which the newer one, which also really crashed because the narrative was changed from like being relatively clever and persistent getting you somewhere to having superpowers gets you somewhere and now this is like there's not even anything about this character that i can understand other than she has been bestowed superpowers that she doesn't understand and she just has to uncover them that has nothing to do with the character herself being any any good at anything maybe but maybe i can be more uncharitable because i don't know anything about this person but yeah <laughs> Before this all happened, the dragons were considered wise and were keeping the world at peace. Mm -hmm. So having this particular dragon who says right at the beginning when she's woken up, like, I'm not the best <laughs> of the dragons. She still seems way too naive and does things sometimes seemingly at random. And they're supposed to be implying that there's a hidden wisdom to this person behind their willingness to trust everyone to an extreme degree that does not really fit with the honor that people regard these dragons with. And I mean, like, because you can have characters that trust people, like in our Nausicaa podcast, Nausicaa is notoriously, famously naive. And is interested, as she says, with every single living thing. Um, but pulls that off with a heart. Like, I don't know. Does this movie have, like, a heart to it? <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, the difference between Nausicaa and Sisu is Sisu is extremely erratic. Mm, like, she's doing things in an unmotivated way. Because Nausicaa yeah. is always, like, has a principle. Even though she's, like slowly comes to understand the principle she stands for. Uh, it doesn't sound like Sisu really sort of is motivated in that way. She's just sort of acting. Yeah, and characters are presented as having internal struggles, but not really. Yeah. and I, I think the main problem kind of is this is so patently obvious that it's trying to appeal to the broadest... Mm -hmm. possible section that you can that any kind of nuance to the characters gets flattened out in the name of making them as likable as possible but what the filmmakers think is likable definitely doesn't line up with what i find likable which is where this movie falls yeah. for me personally yeah because uh, yeah is it, that it, i'm finding people irritating and that's not good and I mean, yeah, we're just two people on the internet with an opinion. It's perfectly fine if, to like this movie. I don't think there's anything wrong with like enjoying this movie or connecting with the characters. It does bother me that I, it feels like they've created a character that's kind of cute and random. Because being cute and random is kind of manic pixie dream girl, although that's a terrible trope and sort of overblown way of being. And I, I But I feel like trying to, like, pulling on that, it's kind of like being like a, a hip and young identity that's like, I feel it's just like a Disney executive is like in some way trying to like pull towards a demographic. And it's like people, even when they do erratic or unusual things, usually have intention or motivation in what they do on some level. So 
like, is it ever clear to, that Sisu wants to fix this world even? Like, is that actually obvious from the character that she at least wants that, even though she might not be good at it? For me, no. So I think, like, that's a problem, because <laughs> at least it's like, you can understand a character that has a moral compass to try even though she says allegedly at the beginning i'm not the best at dragons but to have like just like to be truly random at least the drune are reliable it sounds like you know exactly what they're going to do (laughs) like that's something that you can sort of comprehend in a way it's just it's hard to connect there's something about the the brief bits i've seen of that character that i was just so annoyed and off-put by her um as the way she was written but I have an, another main reason for why I don't plan to watch this movie, which isn't really the dragon. Because um, I could get over a wimpy dragon. I have uh, read many a book with not a very good dragon in it. But it still had a dragon in it, so I read it. So, <laughs> yeah, like it, it could be got over. But I have a, like a, another reason for it. But was there anything else you wanted to say about uh, just bad dialogue? Maybe pacing character motivation i don't know I, in terms of structure there's some bits that probably could have been cut out the ending climax sequence is just magical bs mm-hmm. that's not really explained any yeah. degree to me but i feel like it's yeah. trying to go for an emotional payoff uh and not really putting in the work to get there which is a problem with a lot yeah. of this kind of media right now Sorry. what will i say about raya is it leaves so little of an impression afterwards and it feels like for something that looks this beautiful i should feel more just on a visual level but that also plays into what we were talking about earlier about the live action versus computer animation comparison in those shots mm-hmm. is that i'm not feeling just amazed to the degree that I feel like I should for how good the movie looks. There is like a real structural problem in a lot of media right now. I feel like, not that I have any particular expertise in this area, but I'll expound on it anyway, (laughs) that in the third act, and I think it's really the Marvel Cinematic Universe in particular, kind of like enshrined that like, it's just a big something happens and not much, but not much of any like motivation or consequences just the final event occurs and it's loud and something but there's not not a whole lot more actually happens than just the third act um which just leaves you sort of bored (laughs) intensely by it because to have like a you can have like things be magical and have things just like you know a wizard did it that's fine you can use the trope of fantasy there's nothing wrong with the trope of fantasy but, like, if you look at, say, I don't know, The Lord of the Rings, like, the, even just the film, not even the books, because the books are, like, in a different style altogether. But, like, just the movie at the end, it's about a conflict between friends that really matters in that moment. You just get the sense that there's stakes, even though it's all magical BS and sour and blah, 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 blah. Ultimately, it's just a fight between two at the end and will something happen or not that you can follow because it's so, like, small between, um... Frodo and Sam, like ultimately, and and Gollum, kind of as a as a as a thing there too. But that's like gives you something to to like link on to because you can't really have something where it's just about like 
powers that move that are like crystals joining together or forces of nature's being changed or like kind of it's, it'd be like watching someone play through mist when you're like I have done and it's like you you're, but you're not very good at the puzzle yourself like you don't you can't really get any if you can't get emotionally invested in the moment then it's kind of like nothing right yeah and the film is acting like you are because that climax centers on the relationship between namari and raya mm -hmm. i just wasn't feeling it yeah i didn't feel like it was really built up to the degree that merits that payoff the emotional investment in the scene does not equal what's happening on screen with all this swirling dust and thousands of things hitting you at that moment it's does not feel emotionally true to me with my connection with the characters and what the, how their relationships are working yeah. at that very moment it actually brings me to the reason why i don't want to watch this movie was because the reaction that i watched i really should find the name of the dude because he was very clever it was a very short video of like only 10 minutes but it was this problematic supposition which i as like a psychiatry type person really have an issue with which is that at some point i understand you can confirm for me michael if this is true raya has like has to apologize for something for her like anger i think as like a part of something is that the case i don't think it's dated to that degree or if it happens it's just rolled off my brain after yeah. one day after seeing this movie so one thing about this is that i understand like when it comes to like the crystal breaking in the first place i think namari had a hand in that she is directly responsible for why that happens yeah so yes. namari actually makes that happen and therefore namari by starting that causes this whole tension of and tragedy of watching people get turned to stone which if you recall is actually like watching a whole bunch of people die because if you're in the point of view of you can't actually fix them then they're just gone so you have to really think of raya as someone who's been incredibly traumatized a lot of people have been traumatized in this story because they've lost a lot of people to the drune effect right so Yep. At some point, though, Raya is then... Well, Raya is angry. I understand she's kind of an angry character. This is a part of her character traits, and this is like goes through the film, right? So, Well, they certainly say that, and there are shots that are framed that way. But like I stated earlier, they're so concerned about making everyone as likable as possible Yeah, <laughs> that it tends not to ring true for those moments for me. But even so, there's this whole idea, and then at some point, she's supposed to, I think she, she does apologize to Namari for being angry, and maybe it's not even that big a moment, and that this, you know, fixes it so that they can work together and blah blah blah, fix the problem. But this, to point out, which I'm just regurgitating this other person's analysis, maybe I'll, like, try to find the video so you can, like, link to it so I can actually source this in some way, um, that... This is making a traumatized person apologize for their anger that they have because they've had a huge loss and pain in their life. And even though that's quite an undercurrent and quite, a, I think, quite a, a narrow or granular reading of this Disney film, I don't like that as being something that children are being exposed to. Because I don't want anyone who's had something bad happen to them feel like they have to apologize for their emotions when 
in order for things to f get fixed. Like, anger that happens as a result of trauma in your past can be really destructive and can ruin your life, and that's why people may be in therapy. But, and I should say to be more like dialectical, perhaps. And it's also the case that it's understandable why you might have emotions when it really horrible things have happened to you. So I don't, I don't want this brainworm to be planted in any way that people have to, like be okay with being traumatized on any level i'm just that, that it enrages me to have that kind of as a as a potential subtext so there you go that's my hot take i won't see this movie because <laughs> i watched one guy's analysis on like maybe this is a thing in this film and i'm like no i won't have it absolutely won't also the dragons are a potential <laughs> a potential thing in there <laughs> But I also feel like you're assuming a character depth to this movie that isn't actually there. <laughs> yeah, but also ch children. I liked Dragon. I honestly liked Dragon Ball Z as a child. That is a shit franchise. It's like it's so well, maybe 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 the comics are good. I haven't read them. That's not very good. The characters are not any good. <laughs> like, there's no depth at all. So, but I liked them. I was actually very invested in them, even though they're pretty shallow. So I, th mm -hmm. I still think it matters because it is like a property for children. Yeah. And I mean, the main message coming from Sisu through this movie is, well, you need to trust Namari because she's also a dragon fangirl. I can tell she's a dragon fangirl because look at how she looks at me when she sees me these few times. Like, like trust... There's a constant pressure on Raya that she needs to trust Namari for this situation to be fixed. And at that kind of thrust of the narrative, I completely agree. Now that we phrased it this way, not a great lesson... <laughs> Because, you know, it doesn't take that much. If you just think of this as like, so the person that caused your trauma, you have to trust them now. Mmm. I don't like that. <laughs> even if you just... And there's... Even if you just leave it on that level and you don't necessarily make this about deeper traumas. But I think if you just sort of... If you're watching this from the outside and being like, well, they're going to fix, bring all these people back at the end. But if you're actually the character, you don't know that those that everyone will be brought back at the end. As far as you know, they're dead right now. And this person caused it and someone's telling you you have to trust them. That To me, that's not fair. <laughs> there is nothing from Namari through the course of this movie that would make Raya think she's someone who could be trusted. She only has the word of Sisu to go on. And Sisu does dumb things because she trusts people. So she's not really demonstrating. That her life philosophy works, mm -hmm. or at least not 100% of the time. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of character psychology, there's no reason for Raya to do what Sisu yeah. is telling her. Yeah. And the constant pressure for her to do it, mm -hmm. now that we've uncovered this as a theme here... Mm -hmm not great yeah it's making you feel <laughs> it feels wrong if, if now that now that you're really kind of thinking about it and you're and you're confirming that maybe that's like a thread in there it's it's pretty uncomfortable and i was like i, I can't yeah. watch it now that i know this is like a interpretation of that i just it's not because i mean i'm not saying that like if a person has ever been hurt by another person that they can never trust that person ever again there's wisdom in like forgiveness and there's wisdom in, you know, not trusting somebody 
who has hurt you before. And it's okay to be angry at people who have hurt you. And it's okay to, like, decide to have boundaries and decide what you want to do. And it's okay to maybe not do any of of those things and work through this. L- lives are complicated and difficult. But so, But just to make it this simple, like... No, oh, it makes me so mad. <laughs> it makes me so mad. In Mulan, it's just it's, it's, it's the original one. It's just like you know what? She's just kind of clever and persistent, and it works out. <laughs> and it's I can get behind that because that's a better message. <laughs> Even though this that the movie's by no means perfect. <laughs> I think we're hitting on something here, though. That if you're trying to dig in and get messages out of Raya. One big problem is everything's muddied. It does not feel like there's ultimately a thrust to this movie beyond Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, be excellent to each other. And something a little <laughs> bit more honest about that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although we're, we're going to come across as just like, because now, now that millennials are starting to get older and all the like zoomers like you guys yeah, why are we watching this yeah 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 <laughs> like why are we still why are 30 year olds still reading ya and getting into twitter fights about it why are we watching these movie well in this case it's a family movie i'm watching it by myself but i'm thinking as a family movie it's an all ages movie right it should be <laughs> well also the we are a generation that really got marketed to by this yes. group because one thing that that I think millennials are accused of, maybe rightfully by um, Gen Z Zoomers, is that you know we we keep calling for all these remakes of old properties and all these remakes suck and maybe the old things aren't as good as they were and I'm like yeah this happens to every generation you you're fond of the things that you remember seeing before um, but we were also like the 80s for Disney was like a real targeting in that Reagan Reaganomics time period of like getting like connected to this audience and controlling them and like i feel like i have i have such brainworms around disney now because it's like i i do enjoy and remember and all those old things but also they're like a really awful company <laughs> i'm just like they're just, they're just awful people and they've been awful for a really long time they're just so calculatedly awful i can't do anything about it and sadly successful but yeah, so, I don't know, I feel like I'm just, uh, at this point, I'm like, unless things are really, really brilliant in terms of, like, this kind of, like, um, publication, I'm kind of just, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with them. <laughs> yes, we're getting older. Through the 90s, we were highly targeted by this company. We still feel attachments <laughs> to things they produce. <laughs> yeah, why am I watching Raya? Because it has a dragon in it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, <laughs> it that doesn't got take me. much, people. <laughs> it doesn't take much, though. You're right. Yeah. Just a dragon. I will be interested. But hey, just as I learned with Aragon that things can be crap and have dragons in them, you know, still true. <laughs> Raya is not crap. This is a perfectly okay movie. Mm-hmm. The trailer made it look like it would be a very different film from the one that we got, which is probably where all my animosity and irritation at the characters is coming from. Mm-hmm. Did it have to meet those expectations? No. Was I expecting too much from a Disney movie in 2021? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yes, that's probably it. 
that's really what it comes down to. Thank you for listening. I don't think I introduced myself off the top. I'm Michael Wojcik. You can find me at onelastsketch.wordpress.com. I'm at One Last Sketch on a bunch of platforms, but don't follow me on Twitter. Maybe go along and see me on DeviantArt. I'm on Instagram, but who cares? How about you, Marie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Marie Gajarak. I'm allegedly on shrinkandexpand.com with the largely dead blog, yatrapexy.wordpress.com. Yep, yep. Oh, God. You know, one day I'll be done my training, and then I still won't have time for anything. But, you know. Always glad to be yep. here and read granular psychiatric concerns into children's literature. Um, yeah, yep. great thing to do, especially for a movie you have not seen. I know, just very judgmental without knowing it very well. I am the epitome and the worst part of psychiatry at this moment. <laughs> so, there you go. Yep. Thank you for listening to our nonsense I crawled out of my hibernation of 2021 <laughs> to release this. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah, I I, I made him do it, guys. So there you go. Thank me for it. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>